right. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. Good, good weather week in Tennessee time. And by that, I mean getting all the rain that I need for my yard time, whatever time of day it is. It's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. West Rucker, Ryan Callahan, coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on an early Thursday afternoon. Going to drop this to you either on a Thursday night, perhaps a Friday morning, perhaps, perhaps Thursday evening. Have not made that decision just yet, just to be honest with you. I mean, sometimes you want to know how the how the how the secrets made here. We're, yeah. We just we don't have secrets. We're just out there in the open. It might be Thursday night when you're listening to this. It might be Friday morning, or if you listen to it later, it could be Saturday, Sunday, or a year from now. That's the beauty of podcasts. Never really know. Either way, Ryan, there's a. You know what? I think dare I say, not an incredibly newsy week. Normally, we come out here and say for football, like, wow, it's a really really newsy week. Yeah, doesn't seem to be that way. I mean, there's stuff we're going to talk about in the podcast, but it's not really been like just like a ton of news. Yeah, it's it's that time of year, you know. SEC media days is closer than we'd like it to be, but it's still a few weeks away, and uh, the season, you know, started camp is still a month and a half away. So it's you know it's that lull in the summer where not a lot's happening, but there's still plenty to discuss. Yeah, I do have a, an injury discussion to discuss here in a minute, and we will get to that. Um, not a ton we're going to be able to say about it, but we can talk about it a little bit. But uh, there is a football injury to to discuss. But in the meantime, uh, before we get to that, I do want to mention, shout out to uh, Tennessee baseball coach Tony Vitalo, who I'm going to quote my uh, brother from a darker mother, Jason Swain, here and say that uh, anytime somebody gets like a nice big pay raise, I say that, oh, wait, I think we're related. You must be my cousin. And uh, Tony Vitello must be my cousin because he, Tennessee's baseball coach, has gotten a deserved contract extension and raise. So uh, kudos to him. I think that's uh, something in agreement that, that that we all have talked about, saying ever since that season went down the way it did, back to the NCAA tournament for the first time in 14 years. Um, you know, the, getting you know six, seven guys picked, several signees too this year. He's recruited really well. Uh, this is a good young baseball coach and somebody Tennessee needed to keep. Yeah, this is a big deal. Uh, I I mean, I'm not surprised to see Tennessee taking swift action. Uh, I, think, I think they understood the situation. Um, Florida State, maybe thankfully for Tennessee, their season sort of dragged on a little bit longer. Yeah. And they, they were one of the teams that we wondered if they would take a look at Tony Vitello. He's certainly viewed nationally, I think, now as an up-and-coming head coach and, and a guy who's yep. on his way to establishing himself pretty well in the sec and certainly has made tennessee much more relevant in just two years and uh, you know if they continue this upward trajectory they certainly could be at least contending for for championships again in the future and that's that's quite a statement from him in two years to to get that done and and good for tennessee taking care of him and and making sure that even if someone does come after him later on it's gonna be much harder for them to to sway him away and and give him you know they're giving him more of the things that i think he feels he needs at tennessee uh, to, to compete. And obviously I think at the top of his list of priorities has been upgrading facilities. So you kind of wonder what else has been discussed behind the scenes, but certainly this financially at least gives you the, the idea that he's gotten the level of commitment he wants so far. Yeah. And that's, um, what's interesting to me is that we know 
we can see on paper the contract. We can see that he's gotten a pay raise. It's not what I would call a significant raise. Um, now it, it uh, it's it, not a life changing raise. Yeah, it's not like um, you know the Jeffersons moving on up like Mama. We done made it. Like it's not. It's not. But that, it's what more than fifteen percent raise though. It's yeah, still, like you know. it, it's a it's a good. Uh, it depends on what kind of how you describe raises. I think that you put it a good way, Ryan. I don't think it's a life-changing sort of raise. Uh, it's not like he's broken into you know, seven figures or anything like that, but uh, he has gotten a nice raise, I believe, um, in the five, just around the 600000 range. Yeah, 580 for next yeah. year, and it, it it's a, one of those gradually escalating contracts like a lot of coaches have these days. It goes up to 650 I think, at the end of it. So, um, it, And I looked at a list from uh, someone posted this on the checkerboard um, this week, actually, that um, based on 2018 reported salaries, that five hundred eighty thousand would rank in the top twenty nationally among college baseball coaches. So you might be used to hearing coaches' salaries in the yeah, millions, but that's they're a, that's a really good point. There are only seven, I think, uh, last this past year, seven college baseball coaches making a million dollars. I think the number might be nine now, but regardless, it's not that many. Is, making, is Tim Corbin's like he, released publicly? Or? Well, according to this list, that there was a figure on this list. I don't know how they obtained it. We know a few years ago because of tax returns and things like that that Vanderbilt and 2015 or 2016 paid him a multiple million dollars that year because of bonuses and things he achieved that that, that was one of the years they, they had a really good year where he hit a bonus and there, there might have been a retention bonus in there but you know there have been some years where he made maybe even three million but it looks like on this list that his salary is at least over two million according to this so he he is, according to this, the highest paid coach in the country. Which, before we get to Tennessee football news, it's another topic for another day. Um, but I've always been interested, to me anyway, what's fascinating to me about Corbin is that pretty much everyone who's around the guy seems to have respect for the guy. Uh, every interaction I've had with him has been a good one. Uh, he's a really, really, really good baseball coach. Um, but you, you hear a lot that John Calipari only has one national title and he gets criticized for it. Yeah. And, and, and people, people say, you know, Hey, why is he viewed as some demigod of a coach when he's only got one national title, yada, yada. Um, Corbin's only got one national title in baseball. And you would think just by his reputation alone, that he's a guy sitting there with three, four or so national championships. It's interesting to me that, you know, college baseball, it, 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 it's 300 and, plus odd teams um you know everybody's got good players it's hard to um sometimes get guys away from the draft even though vandy does it better than anybody does um you just you wonder does he get i don't want to say too much credit but does he get at times a little bit much more than you would expect because he's only got one national title they're in the hunt all the time yeah but he's only got one yeah, I mean, uh, there's there's something to that for sure. But, I, I mean, when you look at the steady stream of Major League Baseball players coming out of there. No, but that also leads to why. Yeah, right. Same thing with Calipari. Well, and, and, and I would say how consistent they've been too, though, because what, that's one thing about baseball is you see teams tend to cycle up and they Agreed. have big years when they have a lot of juniors and seniors. Or they, they just have a great year getting Juco guys right. in or something. Yeah, Vanderbilt has, has been a little bit less immune to that, it seems, and that's, that's impressive to me that in most years they're at least hosting a regional and, and is probably in a super regional, if if not in the World mm -hmm. Series. So they're the fact that they're maintaining that level year after year where South Carolina couldn't in recent memory. You know, they won a World Series, now not even making the NCAA tournament. You know, that that's... That shows how difficult it can be to sustain that. LSU, even at times, has been up and down to a degree, usually an NCAA tournament team, but not always a World Series team. So Florida, somewhat varying in their success. So it's harder to sustain that, and Vanderbilt, I think, has done at least a good job of doing that. But you're right. You could certainly argue 
with all the guys they've had come through there, going back to Pedro Alvarez and David Price years ago, yes. that they've had chances to win multiple World Series and only have one as back when Pedro Alvarez didn't strike out every other. Every yeah, game. but yeah. but it is it is interesting. I mean, it, no, I, 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 I want to be clear about this because I, I know we have you don't criticize them. Yeah, for that. I, I hear from I and I hear from them, so I know they exist. That we have some some Vandy hate listeners, and you know that's fair. Just because rivals listen to other rivals, just because you, you, if you want to, you want to really know your enemy, right? And uh, I appreciate that. I, kind I of- got a lot of respect for people in the Vandy Athletic Department. I know a lot of people over there, some good, good, good people. Um, and I'm I'm not. I, I want to be clear about this. I am not criticizing. I, I'm not saying that Tim Corbin is anything other than a great baseball coach. I'm just curious as to why he seems to yeah. get a free pass when Calipari. Maybe it's because it's a lower profile sport. Maybe it's because his pol- his personality is less polarizing than than Calipari's. Probably is. Right. I, I don't I don't I don't know. But anyway, that's interesting to note. Uh, I don't know exactly what Tennessee has gotten in terms of or what Vitel's gotten in terms of assurances. I know that one of his biggest things, and it should be, is the state of the facilities and of the 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 sort of true top-down backing of the program uh, because if you go across the SEC uh, and then you look at the facilities and you look at Tennessee's there aren't many just ugh, you know kind of meh, meh, you know kind of facilities in the SEC Tennessee's one of them for baseball so uh, it's and, better and, and, than it has been yes. you know they've made some nice upgrades to it for what they can do they wanted the turf field Vital did he got that they wanted a new clubhouse they got that mm-hmm. it just seems to me like at some point they're gonna have to stop just putting coats of paint on the thing yeah and a couple of new bells and whistles and just build a better ballpark um you know with a new kind of you know that kind of main structure there the tower like uh for for the you know the so you got to walk upstairs there's no elevators to get to places just there's some things that just like they just need to kind of kind of look at but that that's fascinating to me and uh we'll see um whether the buyout now is 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 more troublesome for anyone who wants to come get him because Vital is a good young coach he is going to win games at Tennessee that's the other thing with his salary still being in that range I mean anybody who really wants to come after a college baseball coach and really wants to pay for him there's a lot of opportunity to do that and every SEC program has money because of the network and and all these other things if a school wants to spend money on baseball that money is there if you're in the sec yeah so so you've got to imagine with uh i mean with the salary being in the 580 to 650 range over the next few years i mean you you certainly wouldn't imagine his buyout is more than a couple million bucks at any point in that in that range I, i i don't know what it previously was but it's a it's a manageable buyout if someone really really wants tony vitello so you, you try to address that as much as you can, but without upping the salary a lot more, I think you're still going to have to, if I had to guess, I think that's still going to be a somewhat a number that's going to worry you a little bit if someone like an, a, you know, an LSU or that level program ever wanted to go after him. They're probably going to have the resources to at least make yeah, things South pretty Carolina, interesting. South Carolina, you know, somebody yeah. that really cares about the, the game or insert sec west school here I yeah mean, all of them all of them have you know mississippi state a lot of those places have better ballparks than a lot of minor league teams so so so, so this doesn't yeah I, I don't think this is a sign that you know people shouldn't view this as hey tony vitello's at tennessee to stay indefinitely i you know i don't i don't think you take it quite as that but i think it's a good sign that hey he's he's just two years into this and i think he sees this as just the beginning and he's not looking to move on and i still think that's noteworthy yeah. but still you know he's going to want to see continued uh, if, emphasis if, on baseball and investment in the program if he's going to stay long term. If Missouri ever comes calling, that's home for him. So you never know. And if Arkansas, which is his second home, if Arkansas comes calling, 
you when, yeah. mom, when, when mama calls you come home well and that's uh, a program and, with a double a or triple a kind of stadium yeah again, and bomb so. stadium is a fan, one of the yeah. best scenes in college baseball but for for those who are wondering sort of you know we're big tennessee football and basketball fans not so much baseball why are you talking so much about this here's one of the reasons why i'm talking about this one it's this time of year two more importantly i think this shows again that when to this point when he has been at tennessee when Philip Fulmer has seen something that just needs to be addressed, he is more often than not, not always, but more often than not, he is addressing it. He is coming out and getting things done. And I think that needs to be mentioned because, you know, we in the media fall into habits sometimes of, of criticizing when someone does something that we don't think is the right thing to do. But we don't always go, hey, you know what? You did a good job there. That, that, that The person was doing what they're supposed to do. You know, it, it's just you, you don't want to get in the habit of just only mentioning negative things. And I think that Philip Fulmer has come out and addressed another issue that he needed to address. And he's come out and done it pretty quickly. Um, you know, the, the whole Barnes thing was not handled the best by anyone involved. Uh, that's true. There's no way to there's no way to spin that 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 was not handled particularly brilliantly by either side, but it got done. Uh, this one lesson learned came out and got it done pretty quickly. No fuss, no drama, and got it done. So and and if I'm a fan, I, I like the expediency of this. The fact that they got it nailed down within a, a week or week and a half of their season ending that's that's a good sign. That that is uh, that's how how things need to be done. And the fact that you got it done before Florida state really even could end their season and turn their attention fully to making a hire to replace their retiring coach. That that's a, that's a good sign. I think that they were able to move that quickly to get it done. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I think that's something that when you look at when, you know, I said this during the Barnes thing, everybody gets to make a mistake once, you know, everybody gets to make, if you've not been through a situation, you should be given not a free pass, but people should understand if you make a mistake once, but you can't make a mistake twice or three, especially not three times. That's when things become a real problem. And I think we've seen here that Philip Fulmer has learned a bit of a lesson, I think maybe from the Barnes thing, and gotten this taken care of just like that. So that was uh, that was well done there. Uh, before we go um, talk about some football, Ryan, uh, do you like products? Uh, always, yeah. Do you like services that are provided along with those products sometimes? Sure. Do you like the occasional promotion about another great podcast in the great cbs sports you know podcast network where people can go listen about anything maybe maybe it's like you know maybe it's other maybe it's nfl maybe it's baseball maybe it's uh you know a different college maybe it's you know conference maybe it's mma maybe it's golf do, do you like do you like hearing about those things do you like do you like that stuff yeah tell me more i got good news for you then hashtag ad eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride-or-die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices... 
Well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we're back. Ryan, good break. Yeah. Get stretched out, get 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 stretched out, get get the kinks out of your neck, all that stuff. I did, yeah. Actually pulled a splinter out of my finger this morning, right before when Ryan showed up for the podcast today. I was uh totally man stuff. I was had a knife and I was getting a splinter out of my finger. Maybe stop playing with wood. When I when that's a good point. you know, when my um when I was young, the uh told people all the time my dad's name is Rawhide, so you don't ever like there are no wussy things, baby things. Uh anytime I got a splinter he would just pull his pocket knife out of his pocket and he would flip that switchblade. Just dig it out. And I was like, oh no, I shouldn't have said anything. Because <laughs> he just goes straight at it. Because you know, we're kids playing outside all the time. You get, you know, a couple times a year, you get shards of wood in your hand just sure. doing stuff, whatever. You know, we used to build forts and we're playing around stuff. And he uh, he would just get the knife out and no, no fuss, just kind of grab you and just take the knife and just pull it out. And uh, lesson learned. I, I, that's how I get splinters out now to this day. I just, just go ahead and switchblade get it done yeah uh, but to, to news uh speaking of another guy who might need to be mended a little bit um not great uh injury news for tennessee this is a guy who had just started to get healthy again mm-hmm. and uh, i want to be clear about this when i talk about the name Jawan jennings in an injury i, I want to say i don't know that people need to assume this is going to be a big deal because um, depending on what it is, how severe it is, when you hear about a knee, when you hear about possibly a meniscus, uh, you can get back from that pretty quickly. Yeah. Depends on how it is. And uh, especially this time of year, you've got time. Yeah. And in, in, all, in all candor, I have been told this is uh, about Thursday, just after lunchtime, that we're recording this. Uh, if we're dropping this on a Friday morning or a Thursday night, by the time that this has been published, there is a chance that we will have more information on this injury yeah so check so check back with go balls 24 7 yeah, yeah by go the to, time you listen to yeah, this yeah go go to go balls 24 7.com just do that anyway because you're an idiot if you don't but if you if you want to um especially right now go check because we might have an update on this but just in all honesty i'm just telling you sometimes we the developing story we record podcasts sometimes as things are developing and this is one of those those times but what i can tell you as of uh, just after 1 p.m. on Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, is that Juwan Jennings does have a knee injury. Uh, he is going to have a procedure done on that. Um, I think it is a meniscus, but I cannot tell you that with 100% certainty right now, so I'm not going to report that. Uh, I can tell it's you... It's not an ACL, we don't think. Yeah, it's, Nothing like it, that. It's, not, it's not an ACL, MCL, LCL, PCL. There's not a CL. Yeah. No no ligament um, uh, here that I, that I know of. None, none of the big ligaments. Um, I think it is a meniscus, but again, working on that. Uh, and I've heard that they have some optimism that he could be back as, as soon as preseason camp. And, and I can tell you, if if it's a meniscus, if it is, if it is, there are essentially two ways that you can correct that. Now, if you're a doctor or, or nurse or surgeon or somebody, you might be driving off the road in anger right now at me trying to simplify this, but yeah. please understand. We've covered enough of these over the years that we sort of have the routine yeah. down when it comes to meniscus injuries. Yeah, please understand that that I'm not uh, trying to be an expert here. What I'm saying is I think if you're trying to explain it generally to people and you want a general mass audience to understand it, you tell them like this. You can either... Um, you can either remove the meniscus and you can be back in a couple months, but the long-term stability maybe, you know, for years and years isn't going to be maybe as great. 
or you can go in and you can repair the meniscus. And if you repair it, you're going to be out for a little bit longer, but it's safer long-term. Now, mm-hmm. sometimes if it's just a tiny little tear, you don't have, you know, you can have, just the, let it heal naturally. Yeah. Or... You can have the best of both worlds. You know, you can, you can have that little maybe part removed or something or treated and you can still be back sooner. I have not seen the scan, and even if I did, I wouldn't know what the hell it looked like. So I am not pretending to be a doctor. What I can tell you is that there is some optimism from Tennessee's end that the possible leading wide receiver on this team, one of the bell cows, one of the leaders of this bunch, the most emotional guy in that locker room, uh, a guy who is incredibly important to what they want to do, should be back sooner than later. However, Ryan, it is... um, it's not great news when this guy has just kind of started to get healthy again. Yeah, th- this isn't what you wanted to see. That's one of the things we had talked about uh, this offseason with him is that he seemed healthy, truly healthy for the first time yes. going, since going into the 2017 season. So that you were talking about two years that he'd been sort of off and on dealing with injuries. You know, Last year, he came back off that season-ending injury he suffered in the 2017 season opener, had another surgery last offseason. So... You, you worried about him a little bit. He still was able to get back last year, though, and have a pretty productive year. He just, you could tell he wasn't quite the same. Kind of lumbering. Yeah. So you, you were, as, as a Tennessee fan, if you were looking for a reason to be optim, optimistic there going into this year, you're like, hey, this is the first time we'll have really seen Jawan Jennings healthy and, and 100% and having had a normal offseason in two years. And even that was for about a half. So really, 2016 was the last time we got a long look at Jawan Jennings healthy and, fully normal with a with a full offseason and everything and and that's a that's a good thought for for a Tennessee fan knowing what he can do when he has at its best so if this diminishes him at all to open the year if it obviously it's going to diminish his offseason work um, leading up to the start of the season all that's a little bit concerning now if there's a guy that you trust to deal with the very limited offseason and to to be able to get back out there quickly and show some grit and all that he's the guy you you have no doubts that he's going to do yes. what he needs to do to get himself out there. But yeah, it's definitely not ideal for anyone, and especially for a receiver. You you gotta you need to have healthy knees. You need to be able to cut and all the things you gotta do to get open. You, you don't want him questioning that knee. You don't want him slowed by this. You don't want it to affect his conditioning. There are a lot of things you got to worry about with this. And now it's, you know, one of the guys that looked like he was going to be there one of their leading receivers has at least a, a lot of work to do to get himself ready. Yeah, and I'll I'll say this about Jawan Jennings too. He he is a guy who if you go up to Jawan Jennings and you say, hey, um, I need you, you know, this is going to hurt, but you can play through this. No matter what it is, if you tell a guy like Jawan Jennings, you can play through this, Jawan Jennings will play through it. No doubt. This is an absolute bulldog. This is a guy who has shown time and time again that his competitive spirit. I mean, I remember he went off the handle at Tennessee's coaches because, or the one time because he was trying to play through a pretty nasty injury when he could have maybe redshirted. And and you know there was some miscommunication there, but that that's what caused him to go on the big one of the things that was kind of the the straw that broke the camel's back on him getting out there. And going on that social media rant about the previous coaching staff was was another situation like that where they were trying to hold him back from an injury. So th- this is a guy who the issue is not will he or can he play through it. If it's medically possible for him to do it, he will do it, and he will be out there, and he won't miss any time in terms of games. However, the the sad part is you just want to see what this guy can really do because we saw when he was just a sophomore – you know, the kind of big play potential that he had. We saw yep. slivers of it last season. We know how competitive he is. What we don't know about him 
is because we haven't seen it in a couple years now, is when he's healthy, just how good is he? That's what we don't know. Yeah. And I I my fear is that now there's a chance that he goes through his Tennessee career for the last three years, two seasons of it, and we don't really get to a hundred percent see what he can do. Mm-hmm. That part kind of sucks. If that's the case, if that's the way this turns out, that's unfortunate. And um and, and I feel like Honestly, I don't think I jinxed it because this injury would have already happened by then. But they went on there. We we record these, you know, the CBS, you know, the the little things they play like on CBS Sports Network, and we put the stuff on the on our side at Go Boss twenty four seven. All those little those little clips about, you know, hey, talk for this for a couple minutes. Here's a question: Will you answer this? That kind of stuff. One of them was on Tennessee's. They said, "Give me a big surprise for Tennessee next season," and I said. I think Tennessee could have three wide receivers drafted. You want me to have a bold prediction? There's a bold prediction for you. I think Tennessee could get three wide receivers drafted with, of course, Jennings and Callaway being the two. Um, and then perhaps I said, if Josh Palmer goes out there and plays the way he's capable, I think he could have a big year, make some big plays, and have a have a decision to make. Yeah. Um, and so, and then, boom, one day after we record that, hey, Juwan Jennings hurt his knee. And it's like, really? Because Ramey's been giving me a hard time anyway lately about pretty much any, like, thing that I say sports related, the exact opposite thing happens. It's not happened all the time, but it's happened just enough to where you're, you're exposing yourself to, to getting joked on. Yeah. And, uh, just about if I'm like, Hey, check this game out or whatever, you know, Hey, it looks like this is, Hey, it looks like this is going to happen or, Oh man, I don't like this guy. And then he hits a home run or, you know, just, it's been, it's been little things, but, and then the, so you're saying you jinx Juwan Jennings and Tennessee fans can all blame you? No, I'm if, saying I'm, I'm saying Ramey will mention it 100. percent Yeah, he 100. percent Grant Ramey will 100 percent mention this. Yeah, but bottom line is I, I I think it's unfortunate for for Juwan Jennings. It's unfortunate for Tennessee, even if it's not a super serious thing. He had just started to get healthy, and and I guess. What we should do is um, play worst-case scenario here. Let's play worst-case scenario, and maybe he's back for the beginning of the year or misses a couple games, but the bottom line is he's only really healthy, really healthy for half the season or something like that. That might be worst-case scenario at this point. If if that happens, what changes about Tennessee's offense? Because I think it does suck. I'm not going to lie to you. It does suck. But Tennessee has, you know, they got other guys who can go get up and, and go get jump balls. They've got... You know, they don't have a guy who can do maybe all the things Juwan Jennings can do. Yeah. But they have that's one area on the field where if they lose a main guy to an injury, they can survive, I think. It's why the reason it's so disappointing if you're a Tennessee fan, I think, is because you were sort of hanging your hat on those receivers maybe being Tennessee's strength, not just on offense, maybe the entire team. And, if there was a reason to to think that offense might take a step forward this year, a lot of it has to do with what they have coming back at receiver. Anytime you have that kind of experience, you know guys who have started multiple years in in the cases of Callaway and and Jennings, uh, and and a guy who's played a lot of football now in Josh Palmer, and and even Brandon Johnson and guys like that behind him, they they've, they've got a lot at that position to really count on. And and even Tyler Bird has played a good amount of football and, and shown he can at least contribute. So you, you've got some options there. Ramel Keaton, a promising freshman, might be able to work his way into the two deep at some point this year. I, I think Cedric, too, is a kid. Who, I think yeah, Tillman, Cedric I think, Tillman. I think Tillman's, a, I think Tillman's a kid with some upside to him long-term that's kind of yeah. intriguing because and, of how kind of he's smooth at that size. Yeah, and you, and you wonder if in year two the light can 
sort of come on for him even more. He showed some flashes last year, but you you, you know you want to see more of him. Uh, and, and then even a guy like Gerard Means as a or Jared Means, I should say, as a as a true freshman, can he? Um, it is it is Jared. We're, we're is sure Jared. on this because yes. I have hundred percent heard both things already. Yeah, it's it's he told me it's Jared. So unless there he you was, go. unless he was making it up, Mama but, call him Jared. I'm gonna call him Jared. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, even a guy like that, he's got the speed and the size that you know. He might have a lot to learn, but you know if there's anybody who can come in and, and contribute as a true freshman, it's a guy with natural ability. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, there's plenty at that position. But taking one guy out of the mix can make it a little easier to defend a guy like Marquez Callaway. Can make it a little easier to defend uh, a Josh Palmer. And, and, and let's face it, Jawan Jennings wasn't the fastest of those guys. Probably never will be. I think Palmer probably has has better straight line speed. Yes, I, I think. Uh, Jennings might not even be the best route runner by this point in his career he might be but he might not even be the best route runner among those guys but if you had one if you had one play you needed to make on fourth and six or whatever to to move the chains or to keep the game alive you'd probably count on Jawan Jennings more than anybody in that position to I call it the Hulk smash factor basically I mean when you need like when you look at Hulk and you say smash he can smash Mm -hmm. like when you say hey can you run by that guy he might not be faster than him, but that guy's not going to get him on the ground. Yeah. You know, he, he can jump over him. We know how, how, how well he can leap vertically if he's healthy. Um, but he's just, you go on. But I mean, you, you're finished your point. I'm sorry, but, no, but no, it's you're just fine. That, that's, I kind of call it the Hulk smash thing. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, that's a good way of putting it. And, and he, you know, you, you trust him to make those plays. He's done it in the past. And, and yeah, you've got a veteran quarterback. You've got even a veteran tight end, Dominic Wood Anderson, a, a veteran running back now in Tide Chandler. So he's not the only experienced guy you have out there, but, He's one that when you just need to throw it up and make a play, have him make a catch in the red zone, whatever it was, you, you felt like you could count him to do that, and, and you hope that he's not out for long if he's out at all. So, yeah, the worst-case scenario of him missing some time to start the year is far from ideal. Another thing I'll say, though, you've got three games at the beginning of the year where you're sort of easing into the schedule this year more than usual. Mm-hmm. You don't have a West Virginia at the start of the yeah. season. With all respect to BYU, yeah. you're, right. you're still right. So, so yeah, BYU's a game that I don't think Tennessee can take for granted, but you don't really have a, a game that you're going to be an underdog in probably until game four, and that's Florida. So yeah. you've got a few weeks to play with there at the beginning of the season that if he does need to be eased back in, you can sort of manage that and probably get by okay. So that's yeah. if there's a silver lining here, it's that it's Jawan Jennings, and you know he's going to be out there as soon as he mm-hmm. can, and it's that the schedule is sort of middle-loaded, not back-loaded, but it's middle-loaded where you've got a few weeks to play with there at the beginning of the season if you have to go without him or, or take it easy to start the year. Ryan, anything else? A couple quick notes before we get out of here. You're, if you're wondering why have we not mentioned the NBA draft yet, because, hey, if it's Friday morning, we're both the NBA draft. Having Thursday night, it's going to be huge for Tennessee, at least two, perhaps even three, which would be a record in sort of the modern draft era for Tennessee, because we're going to do an entire podcast on that. We mm-hmm. will have uh, Ramey and I will get together, and we will talk about the draft when it's hap- when it's over. A lot to discuss there. Yeah, a ton to discuss. Also a ton to discuss. Why aren't you talking about Kerry Blackshear? Well, we're going to talk about that one on that podcast too. But the 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 Reader's Digest, a bridge version of that, is that he has um, gone on his visits. He's come to Tennessee. He had a good time. But then he went to Kentucky. He also had a good time there. And there are several other big-time programs who are trying to jostle in there and get him. So he's the biggest fish on the market this year in the transfer market. He is a guy who is an instant impact, big impact wherever he goes. Obviously, he changes the scope of a couple of different seasons. If he goes to any one of a different programs, we're all over that, but there's nothing really to report right now until the kid kind of gets home 
takes a breath and makes his decision. So when that happens, we'll have more news on that. But right now I can tell you that Tennessee um, likes where it is, um, but I don't know if confidence is the right, right word. It's just that Tennessee feels like you know they're in the thing. So that's the best we have on that right now. Um, anything else, Ryan? Anything quick recruiting related? Yeah, uh, re- recruiting definitely a big thing this uh, this time of year. Obviously, this weekend is sort of the last big weekend, the last few days really uh, before the dead period starts, June twenty fourth. And I, first of all, we'll we'll throw this out the 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 common misconception about dead periods. That doesn't mean you can't talk to recruits. Doesn't mean everything stops. Just means you can't visit a campus. Basically, is all it means. Yeah. Coaches are on the road, and players can't can't go on on campus visits and meet with coaches so yep. um so you don't have that in-person contact but still phone calls and plenty will be going on recruiting, during recruiting is 365 yeah it, it doesn't stop so that you're still gonna have communication but for a month now starting june 24th players won't be able to visit so the the, the month of june we've talked about how important it is this is why it's important because half the summer has been knocked out by that dead period now which is good for everybody in a way but also limits your schedule and makes those first three weeks of june so important so this last weekend is the big last big push before that dead period. And then they'll get one more week at the end of July where they can host some visitors one last rush before the season starts. And then there's another dead period in August. So everyone can sort of focus on their own high school seasons and college coaches can start on their seasons and no one's distracted from what's happening on the field. So you, you've, you've got some small windows here to host some visitors before the season starts. And this weekend is a big one, Tennessee hosting some official visitors and Wes, we've heard this name a lot lately. And, and now what we're seeing there's something to it rakeem jarrett coming, there you go coming back to tennessee five-star wide receiver committed to lsu one of my beltway boys back back on an official visit this weekend and and tennessee will host a handful of official visitors uh blaine toll a, a defensive end tight end kind of athlete that, that's being recruited as a defensive lineman it sounds like more by tennessee or, or dn outside linebacker type for tennessee you got him. defense is built around those guys yeah uh Kaziah holmes uh an athlete from down in florida and his teammate richard leonard uh, an offensive line target tennessee's been involved with for a while both coming on official visits um so so definitely some noteworthy guys coming in town but rakeem jarrett's the headliner no question and and, and we'll certainly have a, a more complete visitor preview mm-hmm. by tomorrow on goals 247.com or, or by friday i should say on GoVols247.com, so check back for more on that. But uh, certainly, Rakeem Jarrett is is the big name to watch. And you know, I don't know that anything's imminent with this visit. I don't know that people should have him on flip watch this weekend or anything. But certainly, there's been enough smoke about Tennessee still being involved there, and and now with him taking this visit and. Because uh, Tennessee was very much in the picture when they committed to LSU, very, right? Very much, and to the point that you know some people thought going into that visit, Tennessee was still maybe the team to beat. Now that that may not have been the case in hindsight, as it turns out. You know, he basically said all along it was Tennessee and LSU, and you know once he got to LSU with his mom, it just sort of sort of felt right, and he was already thinking LSU. But uh, but Tennessee was really in that one before, and now getting him back on campus, I think you'd have to say Tennessee's got. Uh, a legitimate shot at that one. It may be more of a long game. It may be, you know, December before you have a chance to really flip him. It, it still could happen this summer. You never know, but maybe not something that's likely to happen this weekend, but still a very interesting development that Tennessee's been able to stay involved in that one and now get him back on campus after he committed to LSU just, uh, what, less than two months ago. I think that's a pretty good place to leave it. I think it's a pretty good place to leave it. Lots of recruiting information. Always more recruiting information on GoBalls247.com for anyone who needs to go check that out. Uh, and if you're wondering why there's no Patrick Brown this week, that's because he is uh, on vacation. We got hit by the summer vacation bug. Yeah, I'll be it's gone. That time of year. I'll be gone in a couple weeks. Patrick does not like saying where he's going for his vacation until he gets back. I'll tell you this. It's tropical. I'll give you that <laughs> hint. Um, 
that, that tells you how much difference there is between us. I'm like, hey, in two weeks, I'll be in Barbados. Like, I don't, I don't care. Like, if people like, if you want, if you want to come track me down, you just go to Barbados and you can come find me there. You know, it's what, if what, you want to hunt down Patrick on a beach somewhere. Pat's so paranoid. He's so luck. paranoid all the time. He's a weird guy sometimes, man. <laughs> I love the guy. I love the guy. You know, I'm just messing with you, Pat. I mean, you're weird, and I tell you that to your face all the time, but aren't we all? <laughs> Guys, if you want uh, this kind of banter all the time, go to GoVols247.com. Uh, right now, i got a lot of good deals on some annual subscriptions. Got a lot of good stuff going on there, 30% off deals. Good stuff, as always. Uh, you can find us, all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker, 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan's Ryan Callahan, 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P. Brown, 24-7 on Twitter. And you can go there and tell him that I said he was weird. And Grant Ramey, who also is weird, uh, and he and I will be talking hoops uh, for a podcast later this week. He is Grant Ramey on Twitter. The staff Twitter account uh, is twitter.com slash govols247. That's, that's just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts, sir. Uh, that's just the... Uh, just the orange news, nothing related to any of our personal lives or anything like that. So if you're, you just want Vols, just Vols, go there. Or go to Facebook.com slash GoVols247. We, we put a lot of work into our Facebook page. Um, we turn that that, that, that that thing is nice. So go check out that page anytime you get a chance to. Or if you want to drink straight from the hose, go to GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets. Uh, you can go there and get 30% off an annual subscription right now. Got all kinds of good deals going on right now. Go check the site every day. You never know when a new subscription sale might pop up, and that's a good time to join. Ryan, as you're walking uh, out the door here, do you have any final thoughts? 